What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a video game show where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined across the power of the internet today by Rachel Mogan. Buongiorno. Buongiorno to you as well. How are you this fine morning? We're, we're back in the boxes. We're, yeah, we're, back in the we're boxes. Ba- we're back in the internet boxes. So <laughs> I know we literally just said on the last episode how much we don't like recording virtually. I, we don't, but sometimes you gotta you gotta but make sacrifices. Sometimes you gotta. So yeah. this is a one one off. We'll be we'll be back together again soon. Yes, indeed. But although we may be separated by some a few miles and over the power of the internet, we're still here to talk about some great games with you here. On Team Chat Podcast, where you can listen to new episodes every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time on podcast services around the World Wide Web, as well as on video versions or a video version of each episode over on our YouTube channel. Links for all that are in the description below. You can also find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join our Discord server and have where you can have a lot of great conversations with us when we're not here recording the show. And we talk about a lot of stuff, you know, gaming topics, non-gaming topics. We cover the whole gamut of conversations that you can have. It's a cool place. You can come check it out. Uh, but if you want to also be like some cool people who went to patreon.com slash team chat podcast, and those cool people are Elise F, Zach S, Mariah S, Susan M, James K, Ben W, Michael B, Future Rascal, Andrew M, Michael S, and Brandon W, you can go over to patreon.com slash team chat podcast, whereas for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. And in return, we'll give you cool perks like getting the episodes early before their general Tuesday release, access to a private channel over on our Discord server, the Rogues Gallery, and a lot of extra uh, bi- get a lot of extra bits along the way. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm having a hard time getting the spiel out this morning. It's I don't because know you're why. in the box. You're trapped know, in the it internet really box. Is. It really is. It's I don't have your feedback here with me live in the room. Yeah. Usually whatever. my my blank stare <laughs> as I'm thinking about other stuff <laughs> keeps you on track, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. Although it was really funny how we talked about last week. Um, I was saying something. We started the episode off and I was saying like, oh, I wonder if I can even do this right because it's been so long because we had had like three-ish weeks before of not recording. And I did it perfectly, except for I didn't introduce ourselves. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even notice. I know. I didn't either. Well, so, people, they, they know who we are by now. Know, the people point, know. <laughs> I know. I, I wasn't too big of a deal, especially since the rest of it was That's a pretty funny. good intro, if I say so by myself. But oh, yeah. yeah, it was uh, it was still kind of funny when I was editing it later. I was like, God damn it. Still can't get it perfect, you know? So whatever. We'll move on. We, we grow as we go. So before we get into the main topic of the day, though, let's get a little bit of news and what's coming out soon in our moment with Mogan. Okay, so we're going to backtrack just a little bit to earlier this week. So as of November 12th, Shin Megami Tensei 5 is now out for the Nintendo Switch. I did actually write a review for this for AndroidCentral.com's sister website, iMore.com. So if you want to get a totally spoiler-free, like, high-level overview of the game, go check, that, go check out that review. And also, at some point for this show, I'm going to be able to review it here as well. Nice. Uh, I don't think I've got all of my spoken thoughts ready yet Mm because like I've obviously got a pretty solid baseline by now but I want to get some other stuff kind of confirmed because when I was playing the game initially there were no guides like it it hadn't been released yet so there were no guides or anything so for certain things I was kind of shooting into the dark like I don't know what the what the term almighty means Mm. what does it mean that it's an almighty physical attack I now know that almighty means that it will still land on an enemy, e- like totally ignoring nulls, 
absorbs and reflects. Hi, kitty cat. Hey, kitty. So, but I didn't know that before. So now I'm like, oh, okay, that's really useful because I was just yeah. not using those at all. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. So we'll talk <laughs> about Shin Megami Tensei Five at some point in the near future. So that came out as of November 12th. That is currently a Switch exclusive. I strongly doubt that it will ever come to other consoles or mm -hmm. even PC. That seems like a, a Nintendo uh, exclusive IP. Uh, and it has been historically. It's typically been on the Nintendo Switch, the GameCube, the Wii maybe. It's a long, long running series. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, on November 16th, Moncage or Moncage Ooh. or Moncage, it's M-O-N-C-A-G-E, uh, is out for PC, iOS, and Android. So this cool. is either a PC or a mobile only. Sherlock Holmes Chapter 1 is out for PS5, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC on the 16th as well. So is Surviving the Aftermath for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. A game that I'm sure we're all just on the edge of our seats for. I'm excited to hear what this one is. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay, I, I do want to give you a guess because okay. I know you're never going to get it, but I think it will amuse me to hear you guess. Okay. <laughs> just, just guess what it is. I'll give you a hint. Oh, it's um, from it's from a famous children's cartoon, non-Japanese Western. Okay. No idea. You get three guesses. Oh, I uh, SpongeBob. No, older than that. Oh, okay. Uh, Flintstones. Not quite that old, I don't think, for, <laughs> but from from around the same era. You're almost oh, there. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm getting there. Um, and this is, I'm assuming, a game no one asked for. No. No okay. one was requesting <laughs> um, this. It did also get a modern movie remake in CGI within the last five years, give or take. And for the movie as well, people were like, we didn't ask for this. Rugrats? No. But also a very good guess. It's, you ready for this? Yeah. The Smurfs. The Smurfs colon mission. What? The Smurfs colon okay. mission relief Smurftastic edition for Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Interesting. Why? That's interesting. Why, why did they make this game? <laughs> that's uh, I, I don't know oh what the audience that that's for, but I, okay, I, cool. Sure. <laughs> Anyways, that's out on the 16th. Uh, so is The Wild at Heart for PS4. So The Wild at Heart is already available on Steam. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure about Xbox. It, it might actually be out on Xbox, but it's for sure out on Steam already. I'm very interested in this game, and it's on my Steam wish list. Uh, so nice. go check it out. I think it looks super cool. That has just gotten a PS4 port. Final... Oh, I forgot about this one. Oh, no. This one applies to me. Final Fantasy VII, the first soldier for iOS and Android. Mm. This is one of those Final Fantasy mobile games that they teased at like one of the playstation events or like a sony showcase or something like that mm -hmm. so final fantasy 7 the first soldier is out for ios and android on november 17th tamarin i don't know what that is but i like oh, the yeah. name nice okay. and short uh what's tamarin do you know what this is it's like a platformer 3d platformer a la um like spyro and stuff like that but you play as like a, a, a tamarind uh tamarind monkey Oh my god, that's adorable! But like, How I feel cute. like this came out. Maybe it was only like PC or something like that. But I feel like this came out like a year, two ago. Maybe on something. so because so this, this is, must be a port. 
This is specifically for Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One. So it probably is a port. Mm, well, okay. how cute is that? Uh, and then coming out a little bit later in the week, Blood Rain 2 revamped for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch comes out on the 18th. Uh, why is this broken up this way? Oh, it must just actually be a repeat. Epic Chef comes out for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on the 18th as well. So does EXO 1, and that's EXO space one spelled out for Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC. Undungeon, also for Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC. Battlefield, oh god, Battlefield 2042 comes out oh, yeah, for PlayStation 5. Oh yeah, I guess we did have 5. a big backlist to catch up on. Yeah, we, this isn't the backlist. This is all stuff that's coming out this week. It's just a busy week. Oh, I thought Battlefield 2042, okay, wow. I thought that yeah. was already out already. Maybe this is just an outdated list then. All right, so it either is currently out or it's coming out on the 19th. <laughs> Battlefield 2042, and that's for PS5, Xbox Series XS, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. A, a nerf game. I'm not going to talk more about it. I was trying to get to the only two games this week that I care about. On November <laughs> 19th, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Pokemon mm. Shining Pearl. The Switch remakes of Pokemon Diamond and Pokemon Pearl, which are old, mm -hmm. like very old GBA. Maybe maybe the original DS. They're definitely mm -hmm. older Pokemon games that are giving a fancy new facelift and they're coming to the Switch on November nice. 19th. I am absolutely going to get one. Probably not at launch because I've already got tons of games I'm trying to get through, but I'm very excited for those. Can't wait to pick mine up. Very and cool. dear God, that's everything that's coming soon. And it's <laughs> that only got us through Friday. I'm not even touching the weekend. Jesus. And it's the last few big releases before uh, before the holidays and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's a, anyways, it's a busy so time. there's all that stuff that's out. Go play some of those things, preferably the wild at heart. It looks really cute. Nice. Do it. Play video games, everybody. Well, we have a pretty fun uh, topic idea that's uh, going to start off kind of a long series that we're going to be able to do as our main topics. This is volume one of this. And uh, Mogan wanted to bring this topic to the table. So why don't you go ahead and give us a little intro about what we're going to be talking about. So this is a trend that I've seen floating around on Twitter recently. And I thought, oh, my God, that is such a fun idea. Also, what a great safety net backup plan for Jared and I when we are having a week. <laughs> so I saw this from Just Might Plays. He definitely posted about it. My my BFF, Father Pope Michael, uh, just, at Just Might Plays on Twitter. This is the ABCs of video games. So on Twitter, people are going around and they're recommending games based on their titles. And they're following, obviously, the alphabet, the Western mm. alphabet. So this is a pretty English-centric trend, but whatever. <laughs> uh, so the gist on Twitter is mainly that it's games that you would recommend. I personally want to expand that topic out because there are tons of games that you and I have probably never gotten to talk about yeah. on this show because they've just never fit into any of the categories that we've previously discussed. I've got one for one of my ABCs this week that probably no one remembers. Probably oh, no one has fun. probably no one has even heard of, uh, and I have a fun story behind it and how I how I'm even able to get to talk about it on this episode because this was a recent 
redevelopment. So we'll get to that for the letter. That's exciting. We'll get to that for the letter C. So everybody get, get hype for the for the end of the episode. <laughs> but so yeah, just, I think we're just going to do our our first three right today. We're just going to do our first All three. Right. So Jared and I are each going to talk about one game from each of the letters. So we've each got an A, a B, and a C, and we're going to keep doing that until we run out of the alphabet. Now it's not going to be continuous. You know, we're not just going to hammer people with twenty episodes of this for the next three <laughs> yeah. weeks or whatever. Right. So we're going to space these out because obviously we have to do, you know, releases, other fun reviews, news and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. we're kicking it off today with our ABCs. And uh, Jared, do you want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. All right. So my A is the most obvious one. And I thought about not doing it because it was so obvious. But I'm not sorry because it's timely and there's more I want to talk about. It's the Animal Crossing New Horizons expansion. The update slash expansion. So we mentioned this back when they first announced it. We did a little bit of uh, news and catch up about the Nintendo Direct when they Mm -hmm. announced all of this. But we haven't since gotten to talk about what it's actually like to be back in Animal Crossing now that there's this huge update. So if anybody's not familiar with what's going on in Animal Crossing New Horizons, on November 5th of this year, they updated the game to add a t- like basically another game's worth of data. They oh, added wow. in almost every furniture set like ever. The names may have changed, but tons of furniture is back in the game that was previously missing. My personal favorite set, I'm not sure that it's back Exactly. I would have to go back and scrutinize the pixels a little bit closer, but from New Leaf, my favorite furniture set was the Rococo, so like the French Rococo uh, furniture set. A version of that called the Elegant series is back Mm -hmm. in New Horizons now, and I'm so excited. I've already managed to find two pieces of the set, but there's way more than that, so I cannot wait to collect them all and recreate a fabulous Victorian library slash study, which is exactly what I'm doing right now. Nice. They added in crap tons of new furniture quite a lot of new clothing and i'm really excited about this as well i'm more excited for the furniture but the clothing is a really nice touch too because i was getting so bored with the Mm. same standard furniture just rotating in and out of my clothing shop nonstop. uh and because a lot of it is frankly hideous and and i'm really glad that they added in some actual cute outfits uh into the game again so that's really exciting unfortunately a wish list item that i talked about back during our initial review of new horizons Mm -hmm. was not added into the game which is that you are still unable to purchase multiple items of clothing from the shop unless you are physically wearing them in the dressing room. You might remember we talked about this. Basically, That to, sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah, to buy new clothing. Because if you've already got it in your catalog, obviously you can just go into your catalog and buy it at any time. But if you're buying a new piece of clothing that you don't have yet, and you go mm-hmm. to Able Sisters, you have to go into the dressing room, try on the thing that you want to buy, and then you hit the plus sign to buy it. Meaning you can only purchase a single shirt, A single pair of shoes, a single pair of socks, maybe a pair of pants, skirt, or a shirt, Mm -hmm. uh, or or shorts is what I meant to say, and like a dress. And if you need to buy dresses, pants, shorts, skirts, and shoes at the same time in multiple colors, Mm -hmm. it takes forever. 
forever. And it is so annoying because you have to leave yeah, the dressing like room. You have to leave the dressing room every single oh. time and then go back in. No. And they didn't fix it. It's still like that. Oh, that's a problem. So that's like my biggest complaint is that I this was their opportunity to fix that horrendous system and it didn't happen. So that's a big bummer. But... I am still very happy about all of the new content that they added into the game. Additionally, the biggest thing that they added that I am just absolutely adoring, cooking. The the cooking aspects are fun. So previously, you were able to grow exclusively pumpkins on your island for the Halloween event. Mm -hmm. So it was a special thing that would happen last October, and you would be able to grow pumpkins on your island and then use them to craft things, or you could just sell them back to the shop to get money. You couldn't do anything else with them other than craft or sell them. Now, though, you can plant pumpkins, tomatoes, wheat, potatoes, carrots, all kinds of stuff, and then you can take it back to your special kitchen in your house now and actually cook those into dishes. And, like, you can catch fish, and then your villager is like, I've got a good idea for this sea bass, and then you get a new recipe in your inventory. And you get to take that fish home and then cook him and eat him, and it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really cute. You do actually get to eat the dishes that you cook, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Just what a fun little add-on. Or you can like... Do they give you benefits or something like that when you eat them? Like They they do. So this has been a long benefit in the game for fruit, which is mm-hmm. that if you eat anything in the game up to three items, you basically get three superpower charges for your villager. So Got normally it. you don't have the strength. You don't have the strength to pick up entire trees and put them into your pocket and relocate mm. them. But if you eat something, you get a little superpower and then you can pick up really heavy got things it, and it, move them it. to other places. Or you can use your shovel to destroy rocks instead of just booping them to get ore or gold. Mm. So it does actually have a function in the game. So you can either eat the foods that you make, you can gift them to other people. Like you can send them in the mail, you can give them to your villagers. Or, of course, you can sell them to the shops. More importantly, you can display them in your homes. Mm. So if you wanted to make like a cozy little kitchen in your house, you can just shove them all in there and they look so cute. And all of their art is adorable. And they even have little steam effects for hot dishes. So it's just such a cute, cozy update. And I could not be loving it more. They also added back in the best two characters in Animal Crossing blathers is obviously number one but they also added back in brewster the uh barista so you now have a cafe in your museum and he's a beautiful pigeon man with a mustache (laughs) and he will make and serve you coffee and you get to drink it and it's super super fun and if you have other live players visiting your island or if you're Mm -hmm. visiting their island you can all go to the cafe together and sit at a table and all order coffee. Oh, that's fun. And there's even an option of like, oh, well, who's going to be paying for the coffee today? And you can be like, split the tab, please. Or, (laughs) oh, this is all on me. Or even put it on my tab. And Brewster's like, no, I don't do that. <laughs> I need but you, money. <laughs> but you can split the tab or you can or you can pay for it all yourself, which is just such a cute like they didn't have to. Yeah, they didn't have to do that cute little update, but it's just such a nice touch. Nice. Uh, the, the other big addition is the co-op, which is basically where you can put all of the traveling NPCs that can visit mm-hmm. your island at random 
They all now live at a specific island if you're able to raise enough money to basically buy their stall at the co-op. So it's a really great way to get a hold of items that you might just be missing. Because if you're not playing Animal Crossing every day, you're probably missing a lot of the traveling NPCs who come to town and they're selling special goods. And you're, you're just not getting them because you keep missing them when they're there. So... Nice. I'm trying not to go on too long because I think this is already going to be a long episode. But <laughs> the gist is this has totally revitalized Animal Crossing New Horizons for me. I went months and months and months without touching the game. Yeah, I honestly, you like, stopped talking about it completely. Yeah, I honestly wasn't even sure how much I would want to play again, even with the update. And now that I'm back in it and everybody else is back in it, mm-hmm. it's that really nice revival of the community of people are really nice. excited to play again. Everybody's visiting other people's islands to like trade the new furniture and mm-hmm. have catalog parties. So it's been really nice to have that awesome sense of like a really vibrant online community again. Yeah. So it, it's been a really good experience and there's no better time to get into Animal Crossing or back into Animal Crossing. There's even an extra Happy Home Designer DLC that you can buy for mm-hmm. 25 bucks. I don't have it yet, but God willing, I will have it soon. Uh, I fully intend to purchase that because it adds on basically another entire game into oh, wow. the game. So cannot wait to get my hands on that. I know Fuchsia Rascal has already been mm-hmm. doing a lot in Happy Home. Uh, and if you don't follow her on Twitter, you should go check out some of the cool stuff she posts about. But yeah, so that's Animal Crossing, my A for our ABCs. Nice. And Very now I'm cool. out of breath. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, my no- number one, my three that I've started picking, I know we're trying to like branch out and maybe like talk about ones that either we we don't or whatever, but for my, or that we don't talk about as often, all three of mine we have talked about before so far, but they're ones that we don't talk about a ton. So I feel like it works. But, Age of uh, Empires. Actually. Oh, damn. I'm switching. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, man, I haven't talked about Age of Empires 4 yet, but that was, but you know what? Yeah, maybe that works. Because what I had in there in, in, uh, instead right now was uh, Assassin's Creed 2, because that was like the oh. Assassin's Creed game that like my favorite one of like the older older original ones. And, you know, how much it kind of took the really cool things that Assassin's Creed 1 did, gave you more to do, gave you a lot better fleshed out and developed character, or you saw better growth of that character in Assassin's Creed 2. So quick summation of why I was originally thinking of that. But now that you talk about it, yeah, Age of Empires 4. Let's make that my A because I have been playing Age of Empires 4. Uh, like I talked about in our last episode, I was really wanting to do that. And uh, and I did. I took the leap. I jumped back into this old series. And man, it is crazy how much that game. I haven't played a ton of it yet. I've like I made it through like the tutorial and like the first few missions messed around in this new thing they have where you could basically uh do like time scenarios basically. And you can get like medals based on how quickly you, you complete the objectives. Oh, time trials. Yeah. 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 But like for age of empires. So it's like make this much wood and this much time in advance to the age. And by like seven minutes, eight minutes and you get a gold medal or something like that. So, uh, those are pretty cool to get to do, but I was amazed how much still the core gameplay and like the feel of the game feels incredibly similar to age of empires one, which I've been playing a little bit too. Cause I have uh, in the past, month or so because it was um i have the definitive edition of the first game so i was like kind of been playing both at the same time a little bit and it's crazy how much they do feel very similar to each other and how much like that even old 
even someone who doesn't play the game that much, the old muscle memory of it came back. And so I would say, like, if you're a fan of the series before and, you know, I've been waiting for the new Age of Empires, then definitely jump on this because it just it's it's very cool, too, because it doesn't start off in quite the same temper. Like you're not starting off in the ancient era kind of thing. Like, in fact, in the campaign, you're starting off. Uh, it's 1066 Battle of Hastings, you know, when the Normans invaded Saxon, England and stuff like that. So that's, again, one of my like favorite medieval time periods. So I was like, this is very cool. This hits this is hitting all the right notes for me. Uh, but yeah, it was been super fun to jump back into it, relearn kind of its mechanics and how it operates. There have been some great UI changes, obviously, as time goes on. And those are been those are improved in like being able to manage uh, idle villagers or see how many units you're using, create groups and for combat and stuff like that. Um, but then even too, just going back into it and actually, you know, I feel like when I played Age of Empires the first time as a kid and stuff like that, you know, you just blaze through the stuff. You just want to get to the game and, you know, the the fighting parts of it and whatever. So actually learning Age of Empires is fun. And so like do, after doing the tutorial and like learning how you can like group the production of buildings all together by multi-selecting, which I feel like that's a, a new feature of four is that you could say have three barracks and tell them all like select them all at once and tell them to produce uh, uh, lots of units so you don't have to go to each one and click on it queue up units go to the next one click on it queue up units you can just like cl click them up queue it up and it shares production across all of them so that's like kind of cool stuff that it does too um that's really i don't have a ton to go on it uh a because i wasn't prepared to but b <laughs> you know b just have you know played how a ton it be sometimes yeah, <laughs> you know how it be but uh so but still though from the amount of time played that i have played in it which now man i kind of want to uh play it this afternoon after we get done now that we talked about it. But uh, but yeah, it's just been super fun to jump back into it, get into an old RTS game, which I haven't played one of those in a really long time. So it's been fun to have that over here and have my Age of Empires and my civilization again. So it's, yeah. it's a good time. It's a good now, time. Now, something that I as an outsider kind of didn't realize until you told me about it is mm -hmm. sort of the key difference between Age of Empires and civilization from my perspective, which yeah. is that civilization has a much heavier focus on things like culture and yes. political alliances and things that aren't necessarily just conquer, like war and conquering. Yeah. Whereas Age of Empires is a little bit more like that, right? It's it's a yeah. little bit more just sort of combat focused, I guess. It is. I mean, you could definitely play in modes that are more resource gathering focused, like, you know, collecting food. And that's like what those time trials do a really good job of, of teaching you on is like how to collect things faster, how to grow faster, how to expand your empire faster. So there is a mechanic to that. Yes. But, um, and then you can't, there is a technology side to it, like, but it's all based around spending the, the currencies of the game, which are, you know, food, lumber, food, wood, uh, gold stone. I think that's it. And so it's like, like researching a new technology, you're going to pay like 800 food and 400 gold or something like that. It's not okay. generated. Whereas in Civ, you have to use the resources and tiles and buildings that you create that give you a science value that you generate at the end of each turn, like plus 10 plus 15. Right. And that's what goes to growing your, uh, your technologies automatically. So it is a little bit different thing, but that makes sense for it being a real-time strategy where, you know, you are just like kind of building up these stockpiles and that's what you use. So that way it does kind of like keep the playing ground level, I guess, across all things. Yeah. And so of having that base currency. So it's, um, it is different in that way. And then yeah, in civilization, you also try to get like diplomatic points, which can help you in like world Congress. There's getting culture as alongside science. You have to worry, well, you have to worry about like housing and stuff like that in, 
in uh, Age of Empire Two, but I don't necessarily feel like the happiness of the people is something you have to juggle. Are you about? Maybe it is, and I haven't got to that part yet. But yeah, <laughs> your people are uh, just miserable, and you don't even know. <laughs> right, right. Because like even in other RTS games like Stronghold, you do have to have like um, alehouses to offset people being upset about how much money you're taxing them for and stuff like that. So you know, but I don't necessarily that what I've come across so far in Age of Empires Four hasn't had that balance to it yet so but yeah uh age of empires 4 if, you, if you're curious it's a great place because like what we talked about in the last episode it's was what 2005 i believe is what we said yeah when Jesus. the last of age of empires game came out so uh if you've been looking for a good rts that focuses on history give age of empires 4 a shot so that is nice, nice. letter a uh, remind me is age of empires only for pc you know i believe it's for uh pc and xbox oh, i can okay. Uh, double check that but i think it's for i think it's for uh pc and xbox it just seems like the kind of game that's so intense that you would need a pc nope, just, to be just windows okay. just windows yeah. huh yep, yep. well first of all this is mac erasure and i don't even have a mac anymore but i remember <laughs> the struggle <laughs> i remember those days I know, right <laughs> but no like uh how it plays music and all that stuff is great for it it's 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 a fun time all right. I definitely want to. I definitely want to wrap that one up, and well, yeah, it's going to take me a while, but I want to play it more. Well, <laughs> luckily, my next game, which I've mentioned before but haven't gotten to talk about in any sort of depth yet, so this is mm -hmm. really exciting. It is at least also available for Mac, so Ooh. available for PC, Mac, Linux, Nintendo ah. Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. It's Black Book. Oh Which yes. I should get bonus points because it's two Bs. <laughs> so I'm I'm knocking it out <laughs> of the park on this one. I was actually struggling the hardest to think of a B game. And then I was like, wait, you can organize your Nintendo Switch library by alpha alpha the alphabet. Ooh, whatever I'm trying to say. Smarter, not so that's what I went and did, and I was like, oh my god, literally black book. I've been playing it a lot. <laughs> how, how could I have forgotten? But it's that it it fell off of my like short view of the Nintendo Switch games that you've recently played mm -hmm. because a couple of friends were over, so I'd been playing Mario Party and Mario Kart. So it got right. kind of pushed to the side. So it just wasn't on my mind. But dear God, do I need to go back and finish this game? I think I'm pretty close, and it is so fun. So for anybody that's not aware of what Black Book is, uh, it is a Kickstarter sort of indie game, but it's awesome. It definitely has its quirks, but it's really interesting. So here's the... Here's the elevator pitch from Wikipedia. Taking place in 19th century Russia, which would be the early 2000... When's the 19th century? The 1800s. Yes, it's always, yes. It's always one Here's, behind. Right. So taking place in 1800s Russia, the game is heavily inspired by Russian folklore, and narrative is based on... And Russians, please don't roast me when I say this wrong. <laughs> by Lichka's? Uh, so if, if you're not familiar with what a Bailichka is, and I can understand if you're not, a Bailichka is a story of Russian folklore about an allegedly true event involving a meeting with spirits. Mm. So this is basically a game ste steeped in Russian folklore that has a really big emphasis on spirits and demons and ghosts, that kind of stuff. So it, the description goes on to say, to ensure the, authentic, the authenticity in depiction of myths and real-life locations, the developers worked alongside Russian ethno ethnographers. How fun is that? That's cool. Yeah, so this is from uh, Studio Morteshka, and one of the previous games they've done is, I think, The Moose Man 
which is definitely available for mobile devices, and okay. I've been meaning to play it. I think it's also available on the Switch now as well from like the the download store. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so that's that's the the high level overview of what Black Book is. How it actually plays is it's a deck builder. So it's oh, a deck okay. building and battling game. So you play as main character Vasilisa, uh, and her sort of nickname is Vasia. So she's probably, I would guess in the game, she's like anywhere between 16 to 19. She looks like older teens. So Vasilisa is destined to become a witch. And because she's destined to become a witch, I think her parents like canonically give her to an old man who's also a witch or like a sorcerer. Okay. And they're like, well, you're you're destined to become a witch. So I guess you better start training early. So they just like give her to this old man. And he's like, <laughs> okay, an apprentice. Thanks. So, so old Igor, that's his name, uh, Igor, he is her mentor slash father figure because God knows where her parents are now that they've abandoned her. But anyways, uh, Vasilisa decides to throw her fate away and marry her beloved, but that dream is shattered when her betrothed dies under oh, mysterious no. circumstances. Not gonna lie, I 100% forgot that that was even part of the story. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. I forgot that this was actually the thing that starts the entire game off because yeah. the reason that she eventually goes to seek out the Black book, a book of demons, basically, is that she's trying to uh, break the seven seals of the black book, which is said to give some, the wielder power enough to grant any wish. Mm. So she's like, all right, old Igor, I'm ready. I'm, I've been a witch long enough. I am ready to take over the mantle. You give me the black book. I'll start really ramping up my demon summoning, and I'm going to break these seven seals on the black book. And I'm going to get my wish. And I realize now that the wish is that she's going to wish to bring back her deceased love. This yeah. whole time I've been sitting there going, gosh, I wonder what she's going to wish for. <laughs> because I totally forgot. It sets that up for you at the very beginning. So it is. But it's in just like this little mini cutscene Because the game yeah. basically just gives you the baseline. So you don't even really play with like this this mysterious betrothed man i don't know anything yeah. about this dude but apparently he's dead <laughs> so I, that's the point i guess but oh, the way that you are trying to break the seven seals on the black book is you, you wield it right so you've got yeah. the black book in hand but it's got these seven seals on it that will give you progressively more and more power mm -hmm. but the book also gives Vasia the power to summon demons to fight at her side now, this comes with some caveats, because being a witch and being a demon summoner, mm -hmm. demons are naturally mischievous. Uh, they like they to normally don't like to be summoned. It usually backfires. Yeah, yeah, they don't love to be summoned. And just, just so everybody knows, the game uses a lot of actual um, vocabulary from Russian myths. So the mm. way they, they kind of fluctuate back and forth between the words they use to describe demons. Sometimes they're just spirits, sometimes they're demons. More commonly, they will call them chorts. C-H-O-R-T-S. So okay. a chort or chorts is also, I think, a Russian word for demons. So Vasya's chorts are basically ones that she has conscripted permanently into her surface. And yeah. you get them in a couple of different ways. Some of them you inherited from Old Igor. Others are demons that you encounter while you're playing through. And okay. if you play your cards right... Ah, Literally. <laughs> if you if you like do an interaction right or do dialogue options right or win a battle and things just go in your favor, you mm -hmm. can get more chorts to join you. 
Mm. Now, this kind of has a catch, because like I said, chorts are naturally mischievous, and they want to cause trouble. Right. So if you, as Vasya, don't choose to send your chorts out to terrorize other people, they will instead terrorize Vasya. So this is a really interesting function of the game because you're balancing, it's kind of like deck building and almost resource management to a certain extent because Vasya has a couple of, I I guess you would just say inventory items that she's sort of balancing at all times. Uh, One of them is your measure of faith. So if you've got a lot of bad faith, which is represented by like a little coffin symbol, it's like, oh, girl, you sure do be getting demonic. (laughs) You're straying down the path of badness. And it's like, oh no, I didn't mean to. (laughs) I didn't think think setting that field on fire would be that big a deal. (laughs) But but so there's there's faith and you can either kind of be more aligned on the good side or through your actions, you can wind up on the bad side. There's money, which you never have enough of and your chorts can get more for you. So it's this balancing act of like, okay, well, do I want more money? What am I willing to pay for it? Am I willing to pay with my literal eternal soul? So it's this really interesting stuff that's just happening on the margins while the main story actually plays out. So if you don't send your chorts out kind of between every mission, because the game is set up in sort of like little contained missions. And during that mission, you send your chorts out, you go do your thing. And then when you get back to home base, your chorts come back and then you have to send them out again. But if you don't send them out when you depart on a mission and they're just sort of chilling in your box, oh, demons, it's like it's like a grass woven bag. and They just kind of live in there. It's really <laughs> funny. But if you don't send them out, they will give Vasya debuffs for every single battle. So let's say that I don't send out my, I don't know, my pig looking demon. He's got a name. I don't know what it is. But if I don't send him out, he might have me start every battle with three poison. So every single battle, I'm going to start it off poisoned and I have to get rid of it or I'm just going to keep taking damage. Or it might be, oh, we'll start every battle off with five fewer health or, you know, every battle you're going to something else really bad is going to happen. Basically, you don't want your shorts with you because they're going to hurt you in battles. And the game is hard. It is not messing around. I have died a number of times, mostly to bosses. Smaller enemies are really no big deal, but the bosses are a whole nother level and if you've got automatic debuffs going into those fights you're you're boned (laughs) you are not gonna be doing good because like i said you're also mega poor all the time because everything that you want to buy like herbs and remedies and special um items that can give vasya different abilities those are all really expensive so you're like i only need three healing herbs but they're like 20 of my currency each, and I've only got five, so I guess I'm just screwed. Struggles. Struggles. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a real struggle. But So that's just sort of what's happening on the margins. The main meat of the gameplay is, like I said, card collecting, deck building, and then battling with your decks. Mm-hmm. So there's... I, I, I'm totally going to blank on all of the words for this, so my apologies in advance to the Russian folklorists out there who know all about this stuff. (laughs) But Vasya basically has a handful of cards, a deck of cards, and to create actions in each game, she's basically putting together like a holy verse. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So through the, so each of your cards has like a short amount of basically like a word or a phrase that you are weaving together into a single sentence, more or less, that you then cast as a spell to injure the enemy, defend yourself, and do any other manner of stuff. Right. So by default, you get two... I'm going to call them normal cards because I don't remember. Scrolls! They're represented by scrolls. So you have two slots up at the top of your actions that are dedicated to the scroll icon cards. Mm -hmm. Don't ask me what they're called. I don't remember. But they are like scroll icons. And then you have a third option for a key. So you've got two scroll card slots and one key card slot. And those combined make up whatever your next action is going to be. Mm You do not have to use all of them. You can just use one if you want to, or you can fill up all of them. Cards are either coded as being black or white, indicating sort of what spectrum of good and evil they fall on. Black cards usually do more damage. They usually do more evil things like status ailments, whereas white cards more often will heal you, cure status ailments, defend you, like give you guard, because you also don't have much health, and guarding against enemy attacks is vital because if you take a a single solid hit from an enemy can put you back for the entire rest of the account encounter and you may never recover so it's really interesting how you just sort of weave these decks together because they have such a fun range of the types of things they can do i've really sort of just started to get into some of the different I guess you would almost call them elements Mm -hmm. that the game has. But for example, in the first sort of main chapter, you've got things like, okay, we'll do three damage to a single enemy. Cool. That's a nice basic card. But then in the chapter after that, you might start accumulating cards that are, okay, the first time you use this card, it only does two damage. But every time you play another card of this card's same name, it doubles the value of the attack. So if I stack my deck with six of that attack card and it's my only attack card, every time I play one, it's going to do, it's just doubling up the damage every single time. Oh, okay. So eventually you start to unlock really cool cards and you're like, oh, I start to, I'm starting to see the synergies and how certain cards play off of each other. And it gets really intense, really interesting. Uh, and just sort of playing around with different decks that are working out either really well or really bad is super fun. Nice. This is the kind of game that I don't play often, but the times that I play it are hours long sessions because just once you get into that groove you're like i I just i just gotta keep going i just gotta keep going this is also the game where i posted that horrifying picture in the team chat discord of that cat demon coming out of a little girl's mouth (laughs) (laughs) oh proshka as he does as one does (laughs) but after you so this is actually an example of one of the demons that you can sort of conscript into your services because Mm -hmm. if you do that encounter right proshka will join you and then you just have an ordinary black house cat but he's like by the way i am still a demon i just choose to look like this house cat because i think it's fun and cute and it's like understandable i would do that too (laughs) but he's hysterical uh the other just sort of flavor wins about black book is that it is not afraid at all of just going hard and heavy with serious russian folklore Mm. not just in terms of the vocabulary but sort of the whole cadence of the game because while you're out on any sort of chapter's single mission and you're going around the map doing your different objectives as you get 
to each new location, a narrator comes along and he kind of narrates the story like a storybook. And it's just this weird little addition of like, huh, neat. (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm not sure this was. That's kind of, I mean, I guess because it's called black book, but I just kind of assumed that it was going to be more of this like point and click uh, kind of adventure, or maybe more of like a, uh, yeah, I guess just kind of like a storybook adventure. I didn't understand. I didn't realize that it was going to have like a whole deck building aspect to it as well. Oh, yeah. No, the deck building is That's pretty cool. front and center number one, and it's done really well. So if people are fans of games like Slay the Spire, mm-hmm. uh, for example, I would recommend that you check out Black Book because I think it's really fun. I think it's got a lot of interesting mechanics going on with it. I really like the constraints because your hand size is actually really small. I think you only start out every encounter with five cards, I want to say, five or six cards. You can do things that can give you more cards in hand by using Mm -hmm. like special abilities or items, but normally you don't start out with that many and your deck size is pretty small. Uh, And of course you can make it smaller by choice. So you can build up a really specific deck that doesn't have a lot of options. So you're guaranteed to get those cards basically every hand, or you can have a huge deck and just sort of like, leave it up to Jesus, I guess, to put those <laughs> to put those cards in your hand. So it's just a really interesting blend of serious Russian culture and folklore and weird, fun, and funny encounters with demons because some of them are hilarious. And you're yeah. like, oh, oh you. <laughs> like, Come join me. I think you're super fun. Uh, and then, of course, it's just awesome card building. So Black Book is an excellent game would recommend it's available for basically every platform so go play it it's awesome support an indie developer today very cool so uh for my letter b game mogan would you kindly like to take a guess as to what it would be bloodborne no another one that i would have counted having two b's in it even though it's (laughs) technically not another i haven't played bloodborne oh i gave you a hint just now i don't know if you caught on to it Say the hint again. Well, now it'll be obvious. No, it won't be. I'm really stupid. <laughs> Do it no, not really stupid. <laughs> no, I said, would you kindly like to take a guess? Would you kindly like to take a, uh, yeah, a guess? <gasps> oh, uh, Bioshock! There it is. <laughs> oh, yes. I almost talked about Bioshock too because like I said, I was looking through my physical games and I was like, oh yeah. my God, Bioshock. Good choice. Yeah. I, to, I, I, mean, I mean, I know what happens, but I want to hear about right, it. All we, the same. we know what happens, uh, but I mean, the, the whole point of Bioshock and why it takes my letter B, because uh, it wasn't necessarily one that I've played recently. And I've only played the game through one time. And sadly, I haven't made it to other entries of the series yet. And I know I'd need to like Bioshock Infinite. I know is such a great game and I've always heard that it is. Um, but Bioshock deserves its B spot for this list because of that, the would you kindly, that huge twist, that bamboozle, you could say. Dude, that, we should uh, be taking shots every time we use a vocabulary <laughs> word with a B. Right? <laughs> Any of that these letters. We can work yeah. it in. I know. Because that, it was so well done. I had no idea through the whole time. And the massive spoilers for Bioshock if you haven't played Bioshock yet. Sorry. It is but a very like, old game. It so is an old game warned. at this point. Yeah, exactly. But like that whole thing, I had no idea through the whole playthrough that Atlas was the baddie. This person who had been hel- helping me out the whole time throughout this, telling me where to go, giving me things to do, but all hidden behind his secret uh, cue, basically, that would make me do things for him 
whenever he would ask, would you kindly? And just that whole reveal was so expertly well done and so well crafted in the story. When you get to the final boss fight or what you think is the final boss fight, when you actually square up against Andrew Ryan, who was the leader of this underwater city of rapture, when you got to that point and I was like, here we go, this is going to be nuts because there've been so many crazy boss fights previously in this game. You get to this point and you basically just walk up to him and club him in the head with a golf with a golf club. <laughs> you uh, literally like two, three club times. Him in you the literally head. club him in the head and and he's just dead. And you're like, "What? Yeah. What what happened to this massive showdown that I was going to have?" And then only for it to realize that it was been Atlas pulling the strings the whole time and then he's some like massive mutated form at this point that you then have to fight. And that was an insane boss battle as well, but just the whole atmosphere of BioShock 2 just really had a, this eerie unsettling tone the splicers that you fought against the normal like enemies that you fought with their weird like animal masks and freakish abilities that they had with like summoning bees oh yeah one. and then uh and, and all this Shots. stuff <laughs> take another drink and um you know and all the different like electrocution all the different uh things that you could add to your abilities what, and then still plasmids plasmids that's was the word that yes, right? yes 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 okay. yes um, thank you. I, I'd completely blanked on what that, what they were. Uh, but then even the, the shops where you get the plasmids, you know, the clowns like it's a circus of values and everything, which is creepy in and of its own. Right. Yeah. Uh, but even how they so well executed the ending of Bioshock, the beginning of the story was also expertly done. You crash land in the sea. You suddenly see a lighthouse. You can swim to said lighthouse. And then that takes you down a staircase to where all of a sudden you look out a window and you just see this massive city beneath you under the ocean rapture. And it's just such a take your breath away kind of a moment. And then the game just never lets up. You're always having questions. You're always wanting to learn what's coming next, uncovering the mysteries of this, of this crazy city. Then when you meet the big daddies and the little sisters, just, Oh man, so well done. And so it's like you get these like f- cool abilities and I love that it's from the first person perspective. So you get the like the ability to like shoot and you just see your hands in front of you, you know, like shooting stuff out and everything. But then you can still use guns and weapons and it's bees. A perfect blend. Don't forget the bees. Yeah. <laughs> it's con- it's honestly like the combat system of it feels dishonored esque. Yeah, how you I have can see like that. These, these like supernatural abilities and right. sport and stuff like that tied with some melee or uh, distance weapons. So it's like it kind of gets some pulls there or is similar to I can't remember which one came first actually at this point uh, bio, um, the first Bioshock for sure Bioshock was first uh, right Dishonored okay, that's didn't what I come thought. out until 2012 maybe okay that sounds that sounds right uh, so yeah so I just think it's got a lot of great things going for it and just I remember the the opening of the game blowing me away the ending of the game blowing me away and just a great time all around so B is for Bioshock. Yeah, B is for Bioshock. And I totally agree with you in that I still think that Bioshock as a series, not just Mm -hmm. the first game, but also the second game and Infinite, I think that their writers and their, I guess, maybe set designers, I don't know what the video game term for it would be, but 
as a cohesive world building exercise, yeah. every tiny detail in all of those games is perfectly in oh, place. Yeah. Kind of like so what good. you said, just with the voice lines of like the vending machines that you interact with, they all fit in so well to create this fantastic disquieting sentiment of like, Ooh, something's weird here, but everything's very like, it's the forties and we're all yeah. having a good time. And you're like, okay, I guess. I am not having a good time. I would I like to leave. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would like um, to exit, please. <laughs> plus it also has one of the most outstanding uh, piano pieces used in a video game soundtrack. Yeah. Cohen's masterpiece. Yeah. Everyone go do yourself a favor and Google that YouTube that yeah. right now and listen to Cohen's masterpiece. Uh, yeah. Gary Scheiman is the uh, composer of Bioshock and it's just, Oh my God. It's so good. Chef's kiss all, all the way. It's, it's just good stuff. One final note, the first Bioshock came, came out and came out in 2007, the second okay. one, 2010, and then Dishonored didn't come out until 2012. So Bioshock oh, okay. makes Dishonored so, by a lot. Very cool. Very cool. So what is your letter C? Okay. I want everyone I... to brace themselves because the things I'm going to tell you are based on my fever dream memory of a game that I, that I only remember the highest level impressions of the Ooh. game. I okay. know I played it. I know I played it. I definitely didn't finish it because I distinctly remember getting to a point in the game where I just, I, I couldn't, like I couldn't uh -huh. win. And I was like, forget it, uh, forget this. But the fun story behind this game is one that I want to tell sort of in order. So Ooh, okay. I, have been, I have been trying to remember this game for, I kid you not, years because i have these images in my head and i'm like what game was that yeah. i know this game existed i know i'm not crazy but i could never remember the title and everything i typed into google to try and get like okay this is what i remember of it reddit can you help me google can you help me nothing I could never get anything that helped enough to get me to the title or the cover art of that game so I just spent years having no idea what the game was, only that I vaguely remembered it. Yeah. And then maybe just a couple of months ago, and I want to say that it was when me, Bro Mogan, and I think our friend Michael were all playing either Magic the Gathering or maybe Fall Guys. I feel okay. like this is something that may have happened during a Fall Guys session, because you can play Fall Guys and not think about it at all, and you could be instead oh, yeah. thinking about this crazy-ass game you can't remember. <laughs> so I brought it up with Bro Mogan, because I was like, Andrew, do you remember this specific game that I remember playing? Because, you know, this was when I... I would guess that I was maybe... Anywhere between 9 and 13 is what I'm estimating of probably when I played this game, because it... I, PS2. I definitely played it for the PS2. So it was okay. PS2 era. I was probably late 10s or early teens. Um, and I was like, okay, Andrew, here's what I remember of this game. There's a redheaded protagonist male. I think there's a villain named Vincent LaCroix. And they say it that way. <laughs> so, so there's somebody in the game, I think, named Vincent LaCroix. Headland Sparkling Waters. Yeah, and it has mechanics that are very similar to another game Bro Mogan and I have both played called Folklore. So I was like, oh, okay, I should bring this up with mm. him because he at least knows how Folklore played. So yeah. I can describe that and then these other facets and maybe he'll remember what it was. And Bro Mogan was like, 
No. no. Uh, if we if we ever owned that game, I've never seen it before, and I've definitely never played it before. But then Michael was like, "Okay, I gotta know what this is. I'm gonna go look it up." So he mm-hmm. goes to the internet and he goes he go, goes and does some searching, and he's coming at me with a couple of suggestions, and I keep being like, "No, that's not it. That one's not it either. Nope, that one's definitely not it." Because I'm just looking at the box art because I remember the box art, yeah, the title, but I remember the box art, and then finally he comes up with. Is it Chaos Legion? And without even having to look at the box, I was like, it's Chaos Legion. I have never heard of this game. No, nobody has. (laughs) It's a very (laughs) obscure game. This might be among the most obscure games I have probably ever mentioned on the show before. I couldn't even remember what it was. So I'm going to tell you what I remember of Chaos Legion. And to help us out, I am going to be consulting the wiki, at least for the story, because God knows there's a bunch of stuff missing from here. The story of Chaos Legion is a gothic opera, which begins November of the year 791 A.S., Anno Satanus. Oh no, after what? Satan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the protagonist, Sieg Warheit, or v- probably Varheit, because that's how I would assume that word is. So Sieg Varheit is a knight of the dark glyphs who is on a quest under command of the Order of Saint Overia to find his former friend, Victor Delacroix, who has. So it wasn't Vincent, it was Victor. Victor. That's why nothing Vincent, I typed in was working okay so victor delacroix who has stolen the forbidden book the apocryphal apocrypha of ezark it's y-z-a-r-c of ezark and to stop him from releasing the evil spirit azrael who would destroy the three planes of existence the netherworld the middle world and the celestial world i don't remember any of that (laughs) <laughs> other than the other than the name Victor Delacroix. I didn't even remember that the lead character's name was Zeke. I just knew that he had red hair, a sweet jacket with like a black fur co- collar and a yeah. cool ass sword. And that's what I remember. That's literally what I remember of the game in terms of the story. But I do remember a little bit more about the gameplay. So Mm -hmm. this is where it kind of overlaps with a game called Folklore, which came out for the PS3, I think at launch, because I think when we got our PS3, the only game we had to go along with it was Folklore. So the gist of the gameplay is primarily Chaos Legion is a hack and slash style, but I feel like that's not entirely representative of how it really plays, because it's almost like Pokemon, Mm. in that... As you're fighting these smaller enemies, and they're just different types all around the map, some of them are like little bomb bugs. I kind of remember those guys, and they like scuttle up to you and explode. I remember okay. those dudes. One of them, I think, looks like uh, like a gargoyle. They all look wild. The art direction in this game is very anime, very like ps2 anime so it's not yeah. really that good <laughs> so it's very anime it's very over the top the monster designs i remember being really cool but as you're fighting against these creatures through methods i do not remember you have the ability to capture them or partner with them i'm not mm-hmm. really sure how you actually went about it i can't remember but you can get creatures from the world to join you and then you can use them in battle 
which is exactly the same thing that you could do in folklore, except in the case of folklore, you were quite literally kind of stealing the essence of a monster to then be able to use it as part of your arsenal. So the way that I think it mapped was I'm pretty sure that like triangle, X, square, and circle each mapped to a different creature and you could just pick which ones you wanted to slot in and out. So yeah. then when you went into battle, you could like hit triangle and Sieg, I guess his name is, would send that critter out and it would do whatever its special ability is mm. to fight alongside you. I do not remember what the limits of that system were. I don't know if that was like a once like per and counter kind of thing or like a timer countdown thing yeah like sure. a yeah like a, like thing, a maybe all right hang on let's let's consult the wikipedia here we go okay the gameplay is primarily action oriented numerous enemies attack the player in waves and progress to the next part of the stage often requires defeat of all enemies in the area the main okay. feature that lends originality to the game is the addition of the Chaos Legion, which are supernatural creatures that fight alongside the player. While legions are summoned, Sieg is able to is unable to run and has weaker melee attacks. So mm. that's the catch. Okay. Legions can be controlled to a degree. Their tactics can be switched between offense and defense, and players can issue orders to them to attack immediately. While the legions are inactive, Seek can perform a sort of special attack called an assist attack, which causes a legion to appear and attack with him. Okay, mm. that describes it way better than I would yeah, have been I, able I to Yeah, I can understand it. Because I, I couldn't figure out if it was like a kind of like a real-time based with like the, you know, kind of mixed with like what the turn-based strategy kind of thing, combat yeah. stra styles and stuff like that, where it was like you could use those like as as they were available but you had some kind of like cooldown or reset on yeah them. Uh, it definitely was not turn-based i remember this okay. being a real-time combat scenario so that's what this game is and really the main reason that i wanted to bring it up is just because i f i have been thinking about it for literal years yeah i could not remember what it was and i finally found out this year that it was Chaos Legion. So nice. just go, just go to YouTube, go Google some some Chaos Legion, see what you think about it. It's a wild game, from what I remember. I also remember it being very difficult, but I was young at the time, so maybe mm -hmm. I just didn't get the concepts. Uh, but yeah, that's my C. That's Chaos Legion. Finally, nice. I know what it is. <laughs> that's always fun when you can think of that yeah. old game that like, and it's funny too how it's like you know we talk about games and we and you remember games that you played, but there are still those ones from the past that you're just like, what was that one? And it's Oh, yeah, it's so gosh. nice when you can trigger the memory enough to be able to remember it. Uh, so my third game, my letter C, is one that uh, I think you will have some some good thoughts on as well as I talk about it. But I, again, was kind of thinking, do I want to go with an old standby? One that I know I've talked about a lot, but it means a lot to me. But then I was like, no, I don't want to talk about civilization again because I've talked about civilization enough. And you and just talked also, about Age of Empires. And I just talked about Age of Empires. My other thought to it, though, is that while I love the various games and and stuff like that, it's more of like the series influence that I that I appreciate and hold on to and all that and that stuff. So I was like, that doesn't necessarily apply then to the ABCs where we're calling out just one specific game. So instead, I went with Control. Oh, I was thinking about that. I wondered if you were going to bring it up because I was also considering control. I thought that's what you were going to probably talk about too. Yeah. So I was like, oh, no, here we no. go. We're going to be able to double nice. team this one. No, but no. Uh, control. For honestly, a lot of the same reasons of Bioshock. Like the story was just excellently crafted. The environment was amazing. Uh, just this like 
what's the architecture style uh, block? Is that uh, what was it? Brutalism. Thank you. Brutalism. Thank you. Yep. Um, and that just paired with this super creepy, like uh, supernatural, uh, you know, time bending of uh, time, like whatever, like just all kinds of bending, I guess, just like time, space, all of it. And just uh, to for these different interdimensional. Th- that's what I was going for. Uh, like and all this other stuff with just some crazy supernatural abilities tied into it. It's just a really, really crazy, well done game. And I know we sang praises about it when we talked oh, yeah. about and reviewed the game. Uh, so that's why I didn't want to necessarily talk about it for too long, but just having the character of Jesse and then her being able to slowly build these abilities as she becomes that, you know, like the director of the bureau of I'm blanking. Bureau. I remembered Bioshock so well. In the game. Uh, what, what is, is it, it called? called? I know that they, Oh God. Okay. I'll look it up. You keep talking. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm drawing a complete blank of the federal bureau. I Contro- want to say it's is called, it just oh, wait, control? is it the bureau of control? Cause that's what yeah, I was going to say. It's just the federal say. bureau of control. I think. Oh my God. We're idiots. Is it? Okay. Oh my well, God. Hang okay. on. Hang on. All well. right. So control therapy, uh, quanta. The Federal Bureau, the FBC, the Federal FBC, Bureau of Control. Federal Bureau wow. Control. Yeah. Okay, I was wow. like, that's too obvious. <laughs> it can't be what it is. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I just like seeing that. And then, yes, as you kind of like are on the search for her brother, answering the questions of what is this voice that you're hearing talking to her or interacting with her, showing the path ahead, you know, l- learning the mystery of that. And then how you are tied, you and your brother who you're searching for are tied to the Federal Bureau of Control. And then. Also, too, for fans of, you know, Remedies games and stuff like that, how it then is revealed later that that ties into the other long running series of their or not long running, but well loved series of Alan Wake. So, you know, uh, that's all pretty cool and just builds the world building of it is what I just loved about the game. I mean, the combat and all that stuff wasn't bad. Like it was great. Uh, You know, I feel like it had the force abilities, which is kind of what some of. I call that the force in quotes abilities that uh, Jesse has felt very similar to like how Jedi Fallen Order played out with like its force abilities and different stuff like that. In some cases, it felt a little better, but, you know, it's just it was just such a well-crafted adventure that I didn't want to leave. I didn't mind getting when my ass got kicked a bajillion times by the bosses and just still figuring out the various puzzles that were thrown in. And then you get that just amazing sequence of the of the maze near the end of the game that was just so well done and so i just had to give my c game had to go to control i totally get it and i'm glad one of us talked about it because this is a travesty if we didn't this was my only opportunity to talk about chaos legion (laughs) yeah yeah, i will never get another chance because it's fun to hear about a a game i've literally never heard of but control still deserve this this deserves this spot because even though we got to do our full review of it Mm -hmm. it, you know it's it's such a unique game that it's also kind of hard to shoehorn into other sort of list style episodes so every opportunity we can get to talk about control i am absolutely happy to because it was fantastic fantastic i still need to go back and play the dlc me too. I need, yeah, I still yeah, need to go. I haven't that. even touched it. Like I touched a little bit of post-game content, but yeah. not the DLC. So I got to do that sometime. Yeah, I do too. I really got to get on on the get on with that. But yeah, that is the first our A, Bs, and Cs of all the ABCs of games. So uh, we had Age of Empires four for me, Mogan. You had Animal Crossing New Horizons. Animal Crossing New Horizons, and then followed up by B, Black Book, and Bioshock C. Chaos Control Legion and Chaos and Legion. Control. 
Yeah. Woo! So I think Good this times. is a really fun topic. I can't yeah. wait for us to be able to do some of the other ones. I haven't thought through the entire alphabet yet. Oh, I haven't I'm, either. I'm already I've had a couple in my come mind, to mind while slotting I'm... in. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm putting I'm... in the games that I know haven't come up a lot. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to talk about that one and that one. Or like the definite ones. Or as I get to like, like, I don't know what I'm going to do for like X, Y, Z, but we'll figure oh, it out. No. So <laughs> we have we, a lot of time before we, we get to that one. So we got creative. plenty of time. Yeah. Bend the All rules right. a little bit, well, but no, for... but that's it. Uh, and we would obviously, you know, jump on the trend with us. Like we're doing, let us know your ABCs of gaming. Get in that and what Discord. Those would be. Yeah. Get the discord, share it with us over on social media, whatever. We would love to hear from you, but until next time, everybody, that concludes this episode of team chat podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jared Wilson joined across the power of the internet by Rachel Mogan. Adios. We'll see you all next time.